You're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. The complete guide to pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Parents You've Got This and proudly supported by Mastella. Mastella is a natural origin skincare for babies and children, recommended by healthcare professionals. Mastella by Parents' Side since 1950. Over 315,000 babies are born every year in Australia. Today we talk with two of our leading experts. We have our obstetrician expert, Dr. Peter Josevic, and we also have our midwife and positive birth expert, Narelle Siros, talking to us all about birth preparation and also understanding birth statistics. Thank you so much for joining us today, Narelle. Now, Narelle Siros is a midwife. She is a Lamar's qualified childbirth educator. She is a pregnancy masseuse and postnatal masseuse, and she is also a mum of two. So she is an incredibly busy lady and so, so well-versed to talk to us about these important topics today. So thank you so much for being here with us, Narelle. My pleasure. Thanks now, for having me. Oh, we love having you. <laughs> um, now, we know that you're really passionate about Lamar's birth. You chose to focus your birth education that you do on Lamar's. Can you talk to us about the, the Lamar's birth principles and how we should be preparing for birth? Sure, absolutely. So yes, I have been teaching for seven years with the Lamar's um, education principles and what it's all about. And it's been around for about 60 years, but it's all about really teaching and informing couples before their labour and birth starts on choosing and understanding how labor and birth is a natural normal innate process in a woman's life and also being able to guide them through knowledge evidence-based information to make informed decisions with their care providers and to be able to communicate that in their labor and birth and even beforehand to make sure that they can achieve a healthy safe empowering happy birth the way that the structure of classes looks at six evidence-based healthy birth practices and just briefly what they are, are helping to let labour begin on its own, to change and move positions during labour, to bring your favourite people with you for continuous support in your labour and birth, to avoid interventions that may not be medically necessary, to um, uh, avoid giving birth lying on your back and really trust in your body's intuition as to what is the most comfortable position for you to birth in. And also very importantly in that first moment when you meet your beautiful baby to keep mum and baby together, especially in that first hour. Before the baby arrives and labour begins, what do you expect um, parents and mothers to do? Well, I think pregnancy is a huge change in a woman's life and leading up to that, you really want to be able to uh, prepare emotionally. So that can also involve, you know, nesting at home, um, finding people around you that speak to you in a positive light about birth, avoiding any scary negative stories about other people's births, um, spending time with your loved ones and especially your partner. You might love a, a baby moon. You might want to really help to create and prepare your nest for your baby. Find education that relates to your own values um, and really just relax and be excited about it. So on that subject of antenatal education, um, as a midwife, why do you believe that it is so important? 
Wow, there's so many points on that. However, I really looking at my own experience, I was not a midwife when I had my babies. Um, and I really didn't know where to look for quality education. And so I didn't feel empowered enough to make my own decisions. So now looking forwards as a midwife, I feel that when a couple arrives in amazing, thriving, fantastic labor to their place of birth and they have understanding and they have opportunities to communicate with their care providers about what they want or what they prefer based on knowledge, then they're going to go into the whole experience with so much more confidence. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and in regards to a birth plan, Narelle, do you believe in one of these? And if you do, what sort of things would you put on it? Sure. Yes, I do believe, believe in a birth plan. A plan, I, I also like to call it a birth map. I also like to call it preferences. The only way that couples will really achieve a safe and healthy, empowering, confident birth is by preparation. And I think that if you have a, a, a preference, an understanding, it's not about actually what the plan is, it's about the process of being educated before that happens. So choosing your care provider is such a massive part of this. Um, having conversations to understand what your values are and how you would like your labor to go. Yes, birth is, is an unpredictable uh, experience. However, you can still tweak a few things along the way to help you to feel valued and to feel empowered and confident as a team. Um, and that it really involves finding those people that really can help you to achieve what you would like out of your labor and birth along the variation and the unpredictability of it. So yes, absolutely. I like to think of it as a map because you can plan out all the different ways that birth may happen. And whichever way, whichever fork in the road that is, you can still find that you can feel like, okay, I'm prepared for this, whichever way it goes. In terms of that preparation, Narelle, we know and we love that you do this, but you recommend that we have a labour bag or a birth bag as well as a hospital bag. Yeah, um, sure. Why is it that you suggest two different bags and what should parents make sure they have in each? Great, my favourite topic. So majority of women in Australia tend to, to birth in hospital. So hospitals are renowned for being cold and clinical and bright, and that's not a great place to release and let go for labour and birth. So I always really want couples to focus on creating a private warm, dark cave, focusing on the five senses that really make them feel relaxed and confident. So looking at most importantly, what do you want to see around you? So turn the lights off, create a loving, private space where everything is dim because that's when we do our best work as laboring women. So can I see some fairy lights? Can I see some birth affirmations? Can I see my favorite photo of things from home? My dog, my other children, uh, can I, what can I hear? Do we want women um, and other care providers talking to us in a soft voice? Uh, that can really relax us. Uh, we don't want to feel on edge. We might want to hear some music. We want to hear some 
private, you know, lovely affirmations in meditation. Um, what can I smell? Smell is a really big part of um, relaxation too in labor. So it could be aromatherapy oils that you like. It could be a nice massage oil that you like. What can I taste? Because taste can be, again, another amazing sense that can relax us. Do you want to bring in your favorite foods, whether it be chocolate or lollies or fruit or something that makes you feel good? And what do you want to, how do you want to feel touched? Do you love massage? Do you love wearing a soft, lovely, you know, item of clothing from home? Bring in your favorite pillow or blanket. All those things can help you to provide a really lovely, comfortable relaxation, uh, relaxing space in your birthing environment. Rosie, what about at home? What should we have ready for when baby arrives? Are there certain things that we need to make sure we've got sorted before our labor begins? Well, when you're preparing for home, I think most importantly, prepare for um, assistance and support. So food is massive. <laughs> Making sure that your favorite people can help you with food, nutrition, uh, making sure that you have healthy snacks and, you know, women that are recovering from birth need nutrition. They need somebody that's got a fridge full of their, you know, nutritious, lovely favourite foods. Of course, you need the basics of, um, you know, a safe sleeping environment for the baby. Babies don't actually need a lot. They most importantly need Obviously, um, if you're feeding with regards to whichever way you feed, you need whether it's breastfeeding, whether it's bottles and teats, safe practices for preparing formula is important, breastfeeding, um, a safe place to sleep, but they need you. They need you guys to be calm and relaxed and, and receiving, like I said, most importantly, nutrition, love and support can make a huge difference. You're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. Dr. Peter Jersevic is an obstetrician and gynaecologist with more than 27 years experience. He has delivered more than six and a half thousand babies and he works in both public and private practice in Melbourne. He is the head of unit at a major hospital and also specialises in high risk pregnancies. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Pete. Pleasure. So Pete, we're talking all about birth preparation and birth statistics. From an obstetrician's point of view, what is the best birth preparation you can have? Sure. Well, obviously the question is answered by what birth you wish to have. So uh, nowadays I'm very pro-choice and there are certainly increasing number of women nowadays who are coming in for a pregnancy, whether it be their first or subsequent, who are wishing to actually have a caesarean section as their preferred mode of delivery. And if that's your choice, my job would be to provide you with informed consent to understand the surgical process and to execute that birth safely. I would always recommend you do that as maternally assisted and I would allude to that in more detail if you wish to. From a vaginal delivery perspective, if you're looking at having a natural birth, so going into labour and trying to push the baby out yourself, I'd be very much advocating for obviously maintaining good health, um, being fit, but also in engaging in some form of birthing class, both educationally to understand the process, but also in terms of doing an active birthing or the mass type class, so that you can really learn some very good natural skills to manage the things that are going on in your body, to manage your pain more organically, to minimise the need for needing to use drug interventions, for example, and hopefully being able to you know, essentially control the process so that you can go on to have a normal birth where you push that baby out yourself. Uh, preparing the perineum to minimise the chances of tearing and so on. So, you know, I, I always use this expression where no one would ever sit an exam without studying 
and no one would ever go into a major event like a marathon without training and essentially you are going to push a human being out of your body and you really should think very carefully about that and think about the processes that's required and therefore prepare accordingly. So natural preparation for a natural birth. Pete, many women are quite frightened of tearing if they're going to try and have a, a natural or a vaginal delivery. What can they do to try and prevent that? And what are, what are the stats around tearing? Of course, I, I totally respect that and understand that. And it's something that I've been a very, very passionate advocate for in terms of reducing perineal and vaginal trauma at delivery. And we know that upwards of 90 to 95% of women in a first pregnancy who achieve a vaginal delivery, that's either pushing the baby out themselves or it's assisted out using the force of a vacuum, will sustain a tear or require a cut in episiotomy. And I always say very honestly, the thought of cutting a woman's vagina is not something that I do easily, but also as your care provider, I sometimes have to make decisions in the moment about the difference between a potentially significant bad tear that could extend into bad places, including down through the bottom, versus a controlled cut that might actually provide you with a better overall recovery outcome. But with 95% potentially sustaining a cut or a, or a tear of varying degree, and we would always hopefully make that the smallest possible cut and tear that you can have, first degree, second degree, small episiotomy, then we would be really advocating for preparation. If you're trying to get on average a three and a half kilo baby out of your birth canal, there is only so much capacity for the opening of the vagina, the force yet to stretch, at which point it will eventually split. And the statistics say that. If you can prepare the skin, that will significantly reduce the risk of tearing. And we know that we advocate for perineal massage, and there are certainly some advantages in doing that if it's done properly. The challenge is to do it properly. I've been a very strong proponent for many years now for the Epino, which is a special balloon device that you can use in the last four weeks of the pregnancy to pre-prepare the skin. Uh, I saw this benefit firsthand with my partner's pregnancies, where she had three normal deliveries with an intact perineum of different size babies. And then if you fast forward now to over six and a half thousand worth of births that I've been privy to, all the women I've advocated for this product to be used by and the significant reduction in tearing that I've seen in that cohort of women, it stands to reason that I would always be a strong advocate of that. And so, Peter, you're also a big fan of calm birthing or Lamar's birthing, hypnobirthing practices. Why, why do you believe this is such good preparation for birth? Sure. Well, I spoke to this at the beginning about the importance of natural preparation for natural birth. Uh, as a 15-year-old, when I did work experience in physiotherapy, I actually did a Lamar's birth class where we bounced around on a ball in a birth class. And I remembered that. And then I fast forwarded to when my partner had our children and she was very scared about having an epidural for the needle in the spine. It really worried her and also the loss of control. So she took it upon herself to do a Lamar's hypnobirthing style active birthing class. And it taught us some amazing skills to be able to manage the pain by you know, a meditative and breathing technique. And she was able to get through the birth to get to full dilatation to push our daughter out and did so with great control and then fast forward that for the next two children. So it really resonated with me when I saw that having come from the very reactive approach of medical training in my training years where we're often reacting to the consequences of birth rather than proactively preparing women. So I've advocated ever since then for women to engage in these types of classes and for my practice it's been you know demonstrably better. I've seen significant reductions in interventions. 
I still do interventions. There are still emergency seizures. Women still need vacuums and forceps. Women still need epidurals, but I'm seeing less of it. And when I'm seeing less of it, more women capable of achieving a normal birth, they might not have otherwise been able to because the preparations made the difference. It's really statistically proven. And in our medical databases, and you know, science speaks volumes, the science purports the benefits of this. So if the science is suggesting women do it, I'm seeing it every day in my practice. I've seen it in my own partner. I would advocate it to everybody. Pete, we've talked about the epino, we've talked about perineal massage. Can you talk to us a little bit about the detail of, which is not a nice topic, but the detail of tearing. So what a first degree tear is, what a second degree tear is, a third degree tear and a fourth degree tear, because they're terms that are bandied about, but unless you've gone through it, they're not things that you're necessarily familiar with. So would you mind just talking to us a little bit about more about sure. those? So again, if we talk about a first birth, a vaginal delivery, assisted or natural, we're looking at 90-95% of the cohort sustaining a tear or an episiotomy, which is a cut. You'll be pleased to know that for that large group, the majority are going to be a small first or second degree tear, which is basically just a breach of the skin mucosa or going down into a, you know, the sub-layer of the tissue, the mucosal tissue underneath. Where a third degree tear is diagnosed is where we start to get involvement in the muscle of the rectum, which is obviously sitting below anatomically on vision for where the, um, the baby's coming out through the vaginal entrance. And we can grade that as an A or a B depending on how much of that muscle is affected, whether it's a partial or a complete split. And a fourth degree tear is where, unfortunately, the tear goes right into the actual anal canal. Now, as an obstetrician, or if it's a midwife, an accoucheur, everything in our being is to try to minimise a third or a fourth degree tear. Even if you end up with a first or a second or a small cut, we would always want to prevent those really high magnitude tears. And so this is where a combination of an awareness of what's going on during the birth, um, birth preparation, perineal massage or using the, uh, the epino. Uh, if it's an instrumental birth, being very considered in how that birth is done and your skill and technique in doing that. And obviously being aware of the circumstances around the birth, knowing if this was a small or a big baby in anticipation of it. So generally speaking, I'd like to say that those big grade births, you know, are never gonna happen. They do, but they happen very rarely, pleasingly. Statistically, what are your chances of having a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth? Yeah, so we'll talk about a first-time mum, so a primary gravita, having your first baby, going into labour either spontaneously, naturally, or being induced. You're looking at about 50% of women overall going off and pushing that baby out themselves, so unassisted. You're going to have about 15% of the cohort will need a vacuum or a forceps, which is an assisted birth, and there will be indications for why that would be performed, and hopefully, of course, expertly course leaving about 35% of the cohort that will need a cesarean section either by choice or by necessity. So with that birth you have, that first birth and the outcome you have, that will then change of course the statistics for the next pregnancy. So for in other words if you have a vaginal birth, assisted or otherwise, you're probably 95 to 96% likely to have a normal birth in that second and subsequent pregnancy. You lay the foundations based on that first birthing outcome. Of course if you have a birth and that birth, even if it's a vaginal birth, is traumatic in some capacity and hopefully not, but there was some injury concern to you or to the baby or so on, or the next pregnancy is affected by a previa or a breach or twins or something else, then of course that might skew your chances of having that next easy birth. 
So uh, there's a lot of variance and a lot of tangents or pathways that you can go through in the birth process. And we just hope that you're well prepared, well motivated in the right place to birth safely. And then hopefully the clouds will, stars will align and the birth will go to your satisfaction. Fantastic, Pete. Thank you so much for talking to us about this today. Um, I'm sure that will be really reassuring for everybody who is listening and fascinating to hear those statistics. A huge thanks to Mustella for sponsoring this episode. As you are nearing your due date and preparing for Bub's arrival, make sure you have stocked up on Mustella for your baby's skincare needs. Mustella is a natural origin skincare specialising in newborn care. Whether it is for bathing, moisturising or nappy change, you can be assured of Mustella's safety and efficacy as all of Mustella's products are dermatologist and paediatrician tested. Mustella products, our family's favourite. Next week, we chat with our midwife and positive birth expert, Narelle Siros. She's going to be talking to us about labour and birth. You've been listening to The Parents You've Got This podcast, The Expert Guide to Parenthood. And never forget, parents, you've, you've got, got this. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace, a discussion with your doctor or healthcare professional. Parents You've Got This take no responsibility for any medical decisions made by individuals based on the information provided in this podcast. Join a Parents You've Got This masterclass today to be prepared, excited and educated for pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. Visit www.parentsyou'vegotthis.com.au and sign up for a masterclass today.